players are lined up, microphones in hand for the restart. It's now time to fall the rock. The Sunday Rugby Show featuring Wallaby legends Tim Horan and Matt Burke. Sensational English. Qantas Wallabies. One team, 2011. Test tickets on sale now at Ticketech.com. The Rock. And coming up the blind side, Tony Grubber Kick Squires. Yes, indeed. Tony's having a little rest this week, so Dan Gillane in the chair. But the two legends of the game are with us as usual, Matty Burke and Tim Horan. We are down to one Aussie team, four left in the Super uh, Rugby. It's been a terrific tournament, and it's all resting on the Queensland Reds from the Australian point of view. Matt Burke, good morning. Morning, Dan. Morning, Timmy. It, uh, it all goes for Queensland now, Helmy. How, how's the week been for those guys? They, were they excited that they're going to play the Blues up in Queensland? Oh, I think Berkey. Yeah, welcome everyone. It's uh, it's good to see you now. Oh dear, no, no. We've uh, so Timmy, we've got a little problem there. We're hearing you. It sounds like uh, you're on another planet. So we'll <laughs> we'll sort that out. I'll ask you, Matty. That's the way he played. So as well. it, so so it's a lovely draw, isn't it, for the Queensland Reds? It is. It is. In the sense, who have you got left? You got the uh, you've got uh, the Stormers. Stormers who are never going to play off. because no. they had the week off. You had they were either going to cop. Well, it's the Blues or the Crusaders. You don't want to get the Crusaders, I would, I would imagine. Not, not the way that they're playing. I mean, the last night, the, the way they, the way they took apart the, the Sharks last night was just, it was quite methodical. It, it, you felt sorry for the Sharks for the way they had to travel as well. They had to come all the way across from New Zealand, do their, do their yards, and then, uh, and then they would be tired by the time the game starts. I mean, you're going to get up for the game. Obviously, it's a, it's a qualifying final thereabouts, yes. but. Um, you saw Stephen Brett on Friday night after they won against the uh, the Waratahs to say, "Hey, we're relieved to go to Brisbane and not over to South Africa. They'd, they'd be they'd be happy of that very much so." Well, I think Berkey uh, back on. No, we still, <laughs> still got the issue with you, Tim. We'll fix that up. We'll get this uh, sorted. We're going to talk. We're going to talk about the Waratahs. Uh, were they gallant in defeat or did they underachieve this year? We're going to speak about that. We're going to speak to the coach of the Queensland Reds, Ewan McKenzie. He'll tell us what the Reds have been doing on their on their week off. That's about all the injuries, not just the Waratahs, but all over rugby. It's been a horrible year for uh, injuries and uh, plenty to get through in this hour as, as well. This is The Ruck. It's your Sunday morning rugby show, and uh, we'll have more right after this. Use your MasterCard to witness history at Rugby World Cup 2011. MasterCard.com.au it took a show about rugby to get Gordon Bray to listen to this station. Sensational efforts! Nice to have you on board, Gordy. This is The Ruck, the Sunday rugby show. Those scores from overnight, it was only one score from overnight with the Crusaders beating the Sharks 36 points uh, to 8. Uh, much much like the first game of the weekend, the Blues of the Waratahs, the away team actually started pretty well. Um and then the Crusaders rolled on. But but moving on to Friday night's game, uh, Maddie, we'll start with you. Uh, the, the, the Waratahs, uh, they, they tried. <laughs> they they, they, they put better. in, and, they, and it just seemed they ran out of puff. Finally, the injuries caught up with them. Finally, the injuries caught up with them. And, and you're right there, Dan. I think also they'd be disappointed. Disappointed, obviously, they lost the game. But more disappointed, I think, in the way they played the game. The, the mistakes was were just too many. They, they lost too much ball. Their set piece was just off. Uh, they gave away too much possession. And, and against a team like Auckland, who, who have then come out and said, hey, we, we just wanted to win the game. You didn't have to do bonus points and the rest of it. You just had to win. And uh, and from what the Waratahs showed in that second half, it was just, I mean, it would have been frustration all around sitting on the sideline. So in the end, uh, did it catch up with the injuries? Absolutely. You know, with Luke Burgess falling apart the day before they left, uh, Luke Holmes was uh, a little bit off the pace. He played well, but sort of could have been a little bit better, and that's the case. But uh, in the end, the Blues too strong, and they go to Brisbane. 
I think, Berkey, I was the same. I was watching the game uh, with Fox Sports there, and it was great to see the Tars started well. You know, Tom Carter scored a try early on. You thought that, here we go, there's going to be some momentum. But when you play a game, night football at Eden Park in New Zealand, New Zealand teams just know how to play those type of games. You don't play in your own half. And I think the Waratahs struggle. They played too much in their own half, and, and they struggled to get some territory and some continuity. And the Blues were, were solid. They just controlled the game, as did the Crusaders last night against the Sharks. I thought the Sharks were a good thing against the Crusaders. 16-8, the Crusaders were up against the Sharks, and all of a sudden, the uh, Crusaders' captain, Kieran Reid, scored an intercept try, and all of a sudden, the game is gone. Just back to that, uh, the, the Tars game, did they lose the game in the first, it might sound strange to, to say, the first 20, 30, 40 minutes, where they didn't capitalise on when they were dominating, because after half time they didn't see any ball. So is the fact that they, they didn't take advantage, and maybe the fact they didn't have a halfback and they didn't have other players, sure. that's what killed them. Do you know, they, they, they spoke about that because that's what happened in the first round when, when the Waratahs played the Blues. They, they didn't turn up for the first 20 minutes. They put five tries on them. It was the way they scored the five tries. Props were scoring, second rows were scoring, and just blokes that you didn't expect. This time around, they got, as Tim said before, they got off to a good start. Uh, Dan, uh, Dan Carter, Tom Carter scores a try. Uh, they were unable to convert, unfortunately, but then Ali Williams sticks his hand there and, uh, and knocks the ball down. Just a sneaky play that you get away with because the referee can't see he's on the wrong side of it. And and that's what happens. You bend the rules as far as you can before you get uh, before you get stung. Mm. And they just it just a bit of momentum change, didn't it? That was that was pretty much all of it. But yeah, Timmy, you, you spoke about playing in New Zealand. How do you how do you how do you overcome that? How do you play smarter when there's there's guys on the field that are perhaps you know going for the first time? Well, obviously, they rely a lot on Curtly Beal at number 10 because uh, no Daniel Halangahu, uh, no Beric Barnes as well. So your kicking is narrowed down to one person, and they do struggle. But for the Waratahs, they have to look ahead now. They have to... Phil War obviously put up his hand through the week and said, I'm retiring from rugby. You've got other players that are... Uh, Luke Burgess is going overseas to France. So Beal's they really not. have to... Yep, they really have to now start putting up their hand and saying, OK, what are we going to do for the next two or three years? Do we take a bit of a short-term loss? Or Rocky Elsom, for mine, the ACT Brumbies look like they're not going to offer Rocky Elsom a contract. Queensland Reds have said, no, there's no room for Rocky Elsom. Um, Western Force, there's no option for Rocky as well. So the Waratahs may get Rocky Elsom at a cheap price, but i tell you what, Rocky Elsom probably should commit for two or three years, and he could take this Waratahs team to another level because they are lacking a real strong leader in that team. Taking nothing away from uh, Dean Mum and the other players, but you need a strong leader to take this team forward. After Warry's gone, I think you're right, I think you're right there, tell me. Um, mate, just a quick one. You, you played inside centre and you had some dominant number 10s for, uh, for throughout your career. Michael Liner being one of them, Stephen Larkham uh, near in the end. Um, Curtly going to, to 10, did that limit the, the, the style and play that we're going to play? Because he's at 15, he can pretty much pick and choose as to when he wants to come in. But at 10, you're there every time. You've got the ball. You know, as you said, he's a rightful kicker. You know he's going to be kicking the one side only. No one else offered themselves up to, uh, to take the heat from him. Well, you look at the top four teams left in the competition. They all have very dominant number 10. So you've got Quade Cooper with the Reds. You've got Peter Grant with the Stormers. You've got uh, Carter with the Crusaders. And you've got uh, Stephen Brett with the Auckland Blues. So you need a dominant 10. And with Berwick Barnes being in and out of the team this year, they've struggled. Uh, Helen who obviously injured as well. So the Waratahs really right throughout the 2000 sort of era that that decade we really haven't had the dominant number 10 for the crusade for, for the Waratahs so that's the problem as well it, it, we don't know about Beric Barnes going forward either got to take a break but very quickly yes or no successful season for the Waratahs oh you have to say yes uh, made the semi-finals absolutely 
Yep, only just, but uh, once again, there's been nine Wallaby players out in that game, that uh, game on the weekend, so they have done pretty well considering the injuries that have occurred through the year. All right, we're uh, going to take a little song here when we come back. The coach of the Reds, Ewan McKenzie, is going to join us. You're listening to The Ruck, your Sunday morning rugby show. Use your MasterCard to witness history at Rugby World Cup 2011. MasterCard.com.au It took a show about rugby to get Gordon Bray to listen to this station. Sensational effort! Nice to have you on board, Goody. This is The Ruck, the Sunday rugby show. What a remarkable season for the, for, the, for the Queensland Reds. 13 wins, 3 losses, top of the table. Uh, not top of the Australian Conference, top of the whole thing. They have home court advantage through uh, the whole playoff series. If they win next week against the Blues, uh, then they get the final at Suncorp Stadium. What a huge advantage um, that is. Uh, and I would think, uh, Maddie and Tim, Tim, that, that's a pretty good draw. Before we speak to you, and that's a pretty good draw copying the Blues as opposed to, say, the Crusaders. Yeah, that's right. And that was uh, for the Queensland Reds. They were obviously dominant throughout the uh, the season, but um, they needed to have a, a home semi final. And the home semi final allows you, if you if you're the top place uh, team, and obviously win the semi final, you then host the the grand final. So. Um, I, I think they wouldn't have been too worried about how the Auckland Blues played on the weekend because I think um, that's the team that they probably wanted to play. Yeah, I reckon, Timmy, when you, when you look at it, as you said before, Dan, they're, they're top of the table. So do they fear anyone on the way through? I mean, if you make the top six, you know you're going to be a, a, you're a good team anyhow when you're playing. So as to whom they, they turned up against, and I know you mentioned the Crusaders, yes, they're a tough team, but I reckon it's sort of a case of, hey, you're in my backyard, you're mm-hmm. going to be under our influence with, what, 45, 8,000 people there at, uh, at Suncorp. And you've got to come and beat us. We're, the, we're number one. We get the week off. Thanks for coming. Yeah, I think probably it, uh, they need to probably look at it for next year, Berkey. I'm not sure your thoughts with Super Rugby. Finishing one and two, the only benefit is having a week off. So um, yeah. you, can, you can be knocked out this weekend and there's really no, uh, I suppose, finishing one and two, maybe you should get another chance of if you, if you lose this game. Well, but... I was going to say, Tim, we'll bring in right now the, uh, the coach of the Reds. A, a great season for him. Congratulations. Ewan McKenzie, good morning. Morning, guys. How are we? G'day, Link. Uh, Berkey here, mate. Congratulations on the season, uh, mate. You've, you scooped all the awards uh, the other day, player, coach, year. Um, we are just talking about that week off with uh, with Tim just a second ago. How How's preparation been for uh, for the upcoming game, mate? Yeah, not too bad. Um, you know, we've, we've run a formula all year on, uh, on, the, on the bye weeks, and uh, we had a bye week leading into the season as well. We've been successful coming out of that, so... It's just balancing up the, the work rest. Um, we've moved our game along a bit. We, we needed to tidy up a few things after the last three weeks with new players coming in. We're a bit untidy. And uh, we're winning, but not but untidy in the process. So we've tidied up our backyard a bit. And uh, this today, and from today onwards, is all about strategy. As as we speak, uh, I'm sitting in the office with all the coaches and we're working, uh, spending the day in the office here uh, working on uh, our plans against the Blues. Uh, you and Tim here. Um, just give us an update on the injuries because obviously the week off has probably come at a pretty unique time for the Reds. Because I mean, Bo Robinson, I see, came back and played 40 minutes of uh, club rugby yesterday. How's Bo Robinson, Anthony Fanger, Mike Harris? I think James Slipper looks like he's out, certainly. Yeah, Slipper's out. Harris is out. Lucas is out. Uh, Hines is out. Um, the guys that have come back in, Bo, obviously, we, we got him to play club rugby on the weekend, mainly for his own uh, mental state. I think uh, coming into a big game, you want to be confident you're right. And uh, by playing that half a game, uh, it gives him, he's worked very hard, but it gives him a lot of confidence coming in and gives the team confidence he's ready to go. Um, Anthony Fingers 
defied the uh, the medical department. They've actually uh, he's come back well, so he's been doing all the training um, without any strapping or anything. He's been out there running around, so um, that's positive. And obviously Digby will come back in uh, after a head knock. Link, uh, what about the the process of of semi-finals? Tim just mentioned a second ago about the week off. Did you have any fears? Uh, I said no. Did you have any fears of, of as whom you were going to play next week or this week? Um, no. I mean, they would have they would have all presented different challenges. They all play the game differently, so uh, it was hard to actually move the strategy forward because we'll play we'll play each of those three teams in a different way. So. Yeah. Um, uh, but no, no fears. I mean, we're obviously quite keen to play at home. We've been quite successful um, at Suncorp, so we're quite determined to play there. But that doesn't get us much. And when we lost somewhere there, we lost the Brumbies. So there's no, there's no uh, guarantee just because you're at home you're going to win. You've got to you know, go through the process and make sure that uh, uh, you take the opportunities, target the opportunities. It is slightly different football. Um, we're not, you know, there's no reward for, for scoring four tries and things like that. So it's yeah. a little bit different. That doesn't mean we're not going to play our brand but um, you know, we've got to be a bit more um, uh, deliberate in terms of uh, how we go about it. I was just going to ask you that Ewan about semi-final football as you mentioned no bonus points for scoring more than you know four, four tries uh, it's, it's more a bit more like of a test match feel isn't it the way you've got to control a game especially Quade Cooper and, and field position now starts to come into this sort of game without taking away your attacking ability that, that you've shown throughout the year yeah, well, the quickest way to win is obviously to score tries. Um, the way you get get further ahead on the scoreboard. But um, yeah, I think the ability to play the game, uh, depending on the conditions, we'll see what it is. And uh, obviously, we're in the middle of winter, so uh, you're getting a bit of rain. And uh, quite demonstrated last weekend his ability to uh, change it up. And we've done that a few times this year. So we think we can adapt. We can adapt within the game, um, but we'll have a deliberate plan. Um, we, we only played them. Uh, five or six weeks ago so uh, it's not that it's reasonably fresh in their mind but uh, that was a that was a big game it was a big occasion and, and they were very competitive so there wasn't much in it and um, that's what we'll be expecting this week So mate we, we, we can basically say that we're not going to see the, the cross field kick in goal this week? Um, well it's never been ruled out put that way so um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't spend a lot of time telling Quaid not to do things I really talk about the uh, the the um, yeah, you know, where we can maximise their opportunity, and whatever. But if he sees, you know, same with all the players, if they see something, they're expected to have a go, um, and that's pretty much what happens. So, yeah, look, I mean, you know, we've got the upside of that. We've got the downside. I don't, I don't I'll stop stressing about it. Uh, <laughs> uh, in the end, there's no point telling players no all the time. All it does is just cramp, cramp style, yeah. cramp, cramp their uh, their opportunity to express themselves, and it certainly uh, takes away from the the entertainment and the, uh, the enthusiasm of the fun that's going on which needs to be there otherwise you just don't get 100%. You and one last quick one I know you don't like looking too far forward but if you do make the final um, at Suncorp Stadium and host it is, would you prefer to play the Stormers or the Crusaders obviously the different type of game plans aren't they the Stormers defensively have been brilliant? Well I mean uh, those uh, those two teams in particular have got uh, more finals experience than, than, than we have so uh and the Blues have probably from that matter as well. So, you know, we're, we're the rookies in that respect, but uh, that hasn't stopped us in the big games this year, so uh, we, won't, we won't get bogged down. Um, we'll just focus on this this week, try and get that right, and then uh, as we do, we just have a seven-day seven preparation and you start again. So uh, 
at the moment, all we've got is to worry about is this one. All right, so well, that's all we'll put in time and effort. Well, we saw about three weeks ago when you blokes uh, uh, beat, uh, was it the Crusaders, a, a real special week at Suncorp St- uh, in Brisbane, and then the big event at Suncorp, and you got that coming up this week and hopefully the next week. So it's a great time for Queensland, for rugby in Queensland. Thank you, Ewan McKenzie, and, uh, and good luck. Thanks, guys. Good to talk to you. Coast good of the Reds, you. Ewan McKenzie. We've got more ruck after this. Use your MasterCard to witness history at Rugby World Cup 2011. MasterCard.com.au It took a show about rugby to get Gordon Bray to listen to this station. Sensational efforts! Nice to have you on board, Gordy. This is The Ruck, the Sunday rugby show. The reason we're giggling is because, Tim Horan, did you hear the outrageous <laughs> thing Matt Burke just said in the... What in the was show? he going on about, Burke? I think you uh, got it wrong. It was actually Tim said that these guys had no number one hits. And I thought, mate, that can't be right. So Matt, I had to Google it. Matt Burke said... <laughs> what about... As, like, as a I bit of trivia... I threw it out there. ...said... What about these blokes? They never had a number one no, no, in no, Australia. No. Did, did, did. I there never was a, heard it was the did. Question. There was no comment. It was a question. It was like, it wasn't like out of the water, Bergie, It wasn't like are. the fans forum. There was, it wasn't comments. It was a question. <laughs> as, as Under the Bridge was playing, which was like number one for about 10. I know nothing about music, and I know that was number one for about two, two let's months. Let's go back on the rugby. Come on, let's no, go. No, 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 no. I'm going to go on to this subject. If we're going to talk music, and yes. this was in the era of when you were playing. Sure. Uh, this might have been a bit early under the bridge, but um, did you know. have... And I'm sure it's a topic you've been asked before. Did you have a pump-up song when you... Uh when you played, yeah, the uh, the guys used to, well, everyone used to have their headphones on before the uh, before the game, and and um, you know, to, I suppose for distractions more than anything else. Um, uh, Tim used to have Tim used to sit just behind me, I think it was in the bus, and all I could hear from him was Kenny Rogers blowing out of the of the earphones. <laughs> so uh, I was a bit of uh, a bit of everything, a bit of ACDC, a bit of bit of cold chisel, a bit of everything, you know, just a cold chisel. They must have had a thousand number one hits in Australia, did they? You ne- never had a number one song. No. Is that right? They've never had a number one song. Is that your musical? But so this is my this is this Wikipedia. is my Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> I'm just telling you that Cold Chisel. I don't think ever had a number one song in Australia. Well, hang on, hang on. It's gone from never had a, a number one song to I don't think they never had a number one song. I'm claiming that they didn't. <laughs> we'll Google it on the now, way. Now, Tim, did you have a pump up song outside of Kenny Rogers? <laughs> Not really, Dan. No, I didn't listen to a lot of music. It was actually great when we. After test matches, usually John Williamson used to come into our dressing shed and we'd sing along, and uh, oh. you know True Blue, it was fantastic. You know Paul Kelly would occasionally came in, so we actually had Greg Matthews come in one time. He started singing as well. I'm not sure that he had, had many albums, but no. I mean that's the great thing about when you play for those type of teams and the uh, the Wallabies over the years. HG and Roy came into the shed, so yeah, some amazing people that came in, and it sort of um, you know it was usually after a test match win. Now Ron HG, obviously they were doing their stick. Is that the right thing you want to hear before a test match? No, it was after the test match. It was after, it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, so we're okay. Yeah, we just, Lucky we won. So, you, you, I, <laughs> no, Johnny Howard used to come in before the game and pump us up. You know, blokes used to scatter and get their ankles strapped again just to get away from him. <laughs> what happens when you lose? Would you get no one sort of, no one wanted to be near the dressing room? That's exactly right, isn't it? Uh, you know, when you win, every every bloke's trying to get a start in the change room. And when you lose, there's there's literally, uh, uh, can I get a bit of uh, ice for my leg? And there's no one there at all. So it's... Uh, but those teams that uh, have a good bond, I suppose, like the, like the Reds, I reckon everyone will be in there, win, lose, or draw it. Right? Oh, all right, we might get back on track after this. It is the Ruck, your Sunday rugby show. Use your MasterCard to witness history at Rugby World Cup 2011. MasterCard.com.au It took a show about rugby to get Gordon Bray to listen to this station. Sensational efforts! Nice to have you on board, Gordy. This is The Ruck, the Sunday rugby show. Now, um, I know something, uh, Maddie and Tim, uh, that's been very concerning all season and particularly concerning now 
is the horrific injury toll. Um, I know the Waratahs suffered, but it, it's right across the board, and this is now going to start impacting on the Wallabies because we start to get into the domestic test season, and um, it, 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 it's a big deal. Yeah, it is a big deal. And actually, talking to Robbie Deans uh, this week, he said it is a concern going into the Tri-Nations. The, the Wallabies, in a couple of weeks' time, play their first test match at ANZ Stadium against Western Samoa. And then they have a uh, test match, obviously, against the Springboks and then the All, and the All Blacks in Brisbane later in the year. But it's a concern going into a World Cup. And I actually said to him, I said, will you hold some players back, you know, like a Quade Cooper or Genya? He said, no, we're not going to hold any player back because there's not enough time. Plus, we do have some depth in the Wallabies now, but it's a it's a pretty big concern. Uh, is it because the guys have played another four, I think five extra games compared to last year? I don't think so. I think it's just the uh, the brutalness of this game now, and and the, the the squads have to be looked at. Berkey, probably the number of players in each squad. There's uh, talk next year of only thirty players in a squad plus an extra five players if required. The question then becomes, Timmy, do you dilute the the teams? You know, do do you do you draw upon uh, players who, I suppose, haven't had that Super fourteen experience or Super fifteen experience? I should say. Now, what, is there an intermediate? Is there something in between the club football and and the and the provincial level? Because at the moment, we're seeing guys coming through, and it's a big shock to them. It's a big shock to them to start to play on a, on, on a stage of of the intensity, the physicality. I think that's where the injuries are coming from, Timmy. The the the, the hits. Are getting bigger. It's, it's like every code, you know, the, mm. the, the, the AFL, the, the rugby league, the hits are getting bigger, the guys are getting stronger. And so you, you're succumbing to that on the way through. I didn't realise the Reds had so many injuries as well, as in key injuries too, mate, when, uh, when Mackenzie was talking a minute ago. Yeah, well, it's all about the depth of the players, and, and you've got to have a fairly good rookie squad coming through in, in the sort of year or two prior to, the, to, to this sort of game this year, because what happens is you lose four or five really key players, and you sh- and you can sort of plug that gap. Once you start getting like the like the Waratahs, and you're losing seven or eight, nine Wallabies, that's the problem. The only big concern I've got for the Wallabies is if you can replace a Quade Cooper if he gets injured, you can bring in a Ber- you can bring in a, a Beric Barnes or a Beal or, or a Helen Gahu or someone. But the only person I don't think the Wallabies can replace now is Will Genia. Um, everyone else you can replace. You can replace front rowers, hookers, second rowers, um, breakaways. There's plenty of in, um, numbers in the back row. But if Will Genia gets injured and he struggles to, to play in the World Cup, touch wood, it doesn't happen. Luke Burgess is still injured. Um, Phipps uh, for, the, for the Rebels has been playing some really good football. But the, he's the key man, Will Genia. So if, if you have an injury there, the Wallabies won't win the World Cup. Now, you've spoken about um, Matt Giddo, for example. Uh, does he now come in back in contention, so to speak? Well, you know, there, was a, there was a period of time there where perhaps, admittedly, he wasn't playing too well in amongst a team that wasn't going mm. well at, at all. Um, would he make a starting 15? I think he would now. I think he would be in a, in a, nearly in a 12 spot because if Berwick's not there, could he then cover a nine spot as well if if uh, if anything untoward happens. Oh, I don't think it would surprise me if Robbie Deans picked him in the 15. It, um, and it also, I would think if I was selector, I would have Matt Giddo covering your halfback, your fly half and your inside centre position. So I would sit Matt Giddo on the bench. I don't think they'll do that, the selectors. I think they'll go with an out-and-out um, full-time halfback and that will be probably Nick Fibbs. And just looking at some of those other injuries, Pilotta now six to eight weeks, Burgess six to eight weeks, Wycliffe Palu six to eight weeks, Drew Mitchell a bit of an unknown, but you know he's out for a, a long, long distance. Beric Barnes is particularly concerning, isn't it? Because yeah. you just we have no idea. I mean, uh, the, these migraines that well, I think, th- this I think, could end his career, and I don't want to be dramatic about it, but no. that, that, that could very he might never play again. It's I think it's I think it's well it's it's exercised induced as well. If that's the case, it's, it's the exertion that you're putting on your body that then stresses the, the his head, his brain, if that's the case. 
And, and and you're right when you when you're talking about. I mean, if you've torn your hamstring, you can go get an MRI and see that you've got a you know twelve centimetre tear or whatever, or you, you've done your sprained your ankle. Where 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 him for for Beric, it's sort of a bit inconclusive. You know, are you right? Are you not right? You're going well this week, and all of a sudden you might get a hit and what have you, and and you just don't know. So, Tim, it's a uh, it's a big call, um, and we've seen other players, Elton Flatley, whom you play with, had to finish off because of uh, because of getting bag knocks. Yeah, it's a it's a big concern in a lot of other sports as well, rugby league, AFL, um, probably not so much in uh, in soccer or football as they call it, but but certainly um, the concussion as we used to call it now, footballers' headaches uh, or migraine as they're calling it, it is a big concern and it's going to finish um, players where you know a, a crippling sort of ACL injury, a, a cruciate ligament would finish a player's career. Now it's the footballers' migraine which has potential. All right, we've got more ruck after this. Use your MasterCard to witness history at Rugby World Cup 2011. MasterCard.com.au It took a show about rugby to get Gordon Bray to listen to this station. Sensational effort! Nice to have you on board, Gordy. This is The Ruck, the Sunday rugby show. What song was that from? Uh, the Mrs. Dude Doubtfire. Looks, Mrs. That's yeah, exactly. Come on. <laughs> we watched it the other day. The kids love it. Dude looks like a lady. What's that mean, Dad? Um, yeah, right. <laughs> Matty Burke, uh, Tim Hoare and Dan Ganane. Um, and now we have got, it, it's, have they called it Super Saturday yet next week? We've got the Reds and the Blues Saturday night our time. And then you've got the Stormers Crusaders, which will be Saturday night South African time. So early Sunday morning. Before we get to the Reds and the Blues, Stormers Crusaders, a, who do you think will win, Tim? And B, who do you think Queensland, the Reds, would rather see win? Well, I, I, it's going to be hard to go past the Stormers at home. They've been uh, outstanding through the year. But then you look at who's in the Crusaders team. You've got Carter, you've got Sonny Bill Williams. Probably the best player for the Crusaders so far this year has to be Zach Guilford, mm. uh, their winger. He, he's been brilliant. They've got Sean Maitland back, who was the top try scorer when he was injured about six or seven weeks ago. He had eight, eight tries within the first six or seven games. So um, the Stormers at home for mine, Berkey, are going to be very hard to beat in Cape Town with 55,000 people there. They'll be, uh, they'll be baying for blood, even though they lost to the Reds at home. They also lost to the Crusaders at home through the pool stages. So uh, it'll be a great game. Do you know what I reckon? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw a calming influence on this and say I think the Crusaders will win overseas just because of what they've been through, the adversity they've been through with the earthquakes, uh, everything that's happened around that. Todd Blackadder, the coach, seems incredibly calm. You see the win on the weekend. He just sort of, you know, he sort of puts his pen down and sort of gathers his papers together and says, you know, says, you know, well done, boys. You know, mm. A great win. I just think, you know, that, that for a lot of teams to travel to, to Cape Town from, obviously, from New Zealand, a little bit further than us, um, it's a hard gig. And the, you go through Johannesburg and a changeover and a couple of hours wait and then fly down. That's an hour and a half, I think it is, Timmy. So it's just tough. I reckon they've just got the mental capacity to be able to say, Let's take everything in our stride and, and we'll just go out and do a job on these blokes. Yeah, I think they're not, not only playing for, you know, the Canterbury Crusaders, they're playing for everyone around Christchurch, everyone around New Zealand, because it's uh it's been devastating what's happening. It's still happening over there at the moment. So um, you know, even Sonny Bill Williams through the week talking about will he actually stay and live in Christchurch. So they're playing for a lot more than the super rugby title. But cer- certainly, I mean Peter Grant at the Stormers, their fly half. Uh, he's the key for the Stormers because I don't think he's up to this sort of level of football. I think he's struggled. Uh, but Skulk Berger, the way he's been playing, has been fantastic. But be a great game. And uh, I think, uh, Dan, I think the Reds, I think you and McKenzie, I reckon he'd much prefer to play the Stormers. Whoever they play, if they beat the Blues, first of all, whoever they play in the final, potentially at Suncorp Stadium, 
uh, have have to fly a long way mm. back to Australia to play that game. So jet lag's an issue as well. Well, statistically, it's a no-brainer. The South African teams don't have anywhere near the record of the New Zealand teams. But that's the second game. Of course, the Reds have to win their game first mm. before they even have to worry about who they're playing in the final. Uh, they're playing a Blues side. Weren't they gone three or four weeks ago, the Blues? And then they've had this renaissance. They've come back. And, and, and Tim, do you see them troubling the Queensland Reds? Oh, certainly. I think um, they lost um, three games about uh, four weeks ago. Then all of a sudden they won last week. Then obviously beat the the, the Waratahs. So they well, were in a prior, bit of a hole. The Blues. Prior to that, Timmy, I was going to say they they haven't they hadn't won. Part part from the Highlanders in that last regulation game, they hadn't won since week twelve. So they've no. been they've been there or thereabouts. We saw the game in Queensland when they got uh, they got beaten at the end, um, but. They uh, they hadn't won. They hadn't tasted success for a long period of time. So, and the game on the weekend, albeit they won a, a qualifier, I thought from from their side of thing was pretty scrappy. You know, they I think they got handed a win rather than won the game. Yeah, there's injuries in the Blues as well. I mean, the big injuries that that they've struggled with in the last four or five weeks, the Blues, Rennie Ranger on the wing, and I say Atui Arva. Um, they've been the attacking players. They've scored majority of the tries for the Blues throughout the year. And the Blues game against the Reds here at Suncorp Stadium four or five weeks ago, the Reds went out to, I think it was about 24 nil in the first 15 minutes. So yeah. that won't happen again. All right, that just about uh, wraps up by a low-scoring, high-scoring game because the, 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 the game I, I would compare it to is the Reds Crusaders because that had a finals-type atmosphere. Mm. That was low-scoring. That was down and dirty. Would you anticipate this is probably going to be the same? There, uh, I think as Tim mentioned before, it's, it's a test match. you just got to win. There's no bonus points uh, available, but in saying that, you've still got to be able to play. I reckon there'll be some points on both teams. As in high points. <laughs> <laughs> well, for mine, I think it'd be pretty tough. I think the Stormers might just edge them out overseas uh, in, in Cape Town. But um, oh, for mine, the Reds against the Blues by probably 15 or 20 points. Oh, OK. There you go. Smashed Tim, it. The, the, the Queensland boy predicting Bang. a big win. That is it. Uh, Tony will be back next week for the, I guess, the finals edition of The Ruck. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Matty. Thank you, Tim. Then. Thanks, guys. And uh, well, the show will be back next week.